Hello, everybody. Watching the WRDG. We're going to check fire weather and and we're going to check with Cortana. At the Cortana, we're going to check. Go up to SSC. Go, ahead, go tell me what's the weather for Portland, Ohio. Tell me the weather from Portsmouth, Ohio. It's 82 degrees and sunny in Portsmouth. Okay. And we're going to SAC Channel 3 News. Already in progress. And and uh and we're going to do it for you now. And uh, and we're going to channel three news. I guess the news ain't gonna be on. And 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 we're going to go to this one. We're going to this one. There's your news. When you first met Stride K-12, you were one of the more than 2 million students who took charge of their education, tackling the challenges you set for yourself and ready for all the new ones to come. Here, you were someone, and you could become anyone. Our commitment was to help you get where you want to be. So congratulations, graduates, with Stride K-12 Power Schools. Your future is yours to create. Take charge. that it was, we want these to continue because this is kind of like the payoff for all of that time that we just saw that what happened in, down in Texas. We've dealt with far too much of those rains this summer, and now we're in the sweet spot. Normally you'd say, well, don't get greedy. <laughs> get one or two of these, right. but this is the time of the year when you can have a long stretch. Yeah. Andy and I were talking about just a few years ago, we had 30 days in the month of September with only 
not going to forecast that, but we will be getting into the dry season, or in the dry season now, you might say, early. Downtown Huntington, our weather cast sponsored by West Virginia Lottery, already looking ahead to still another dry and pleasant summer night for eyes or for the Pullman Square Thursday night concert series. So delightful evening is already underway. 80s falling into the 70s on the soccer pitches, mom and dad, so it's a shirt sleeve weather for sure. 60s midnight, we'll start off packing that fog, 62 for the morning school bell, 77 lunch hour, 85, mid-80s by the end of the day, the early fog gives way to hot sunshine, but foolish overnight and warm sunshiny breezy days, that's usually the worst for college, as far as traffic is concerned, second half of August first half of September. Top of the hour with 50% humidity. Temperatures range from 81 at Black Walnut Avenue and Spencer. About six or eight weeks away from heading over to Spencer for the Black Walnut Festival. 84 degrees right now. We post over at Hamley Boulevard in Pikeville. And 83 degrees on the Roy Rogers Esplanade Sportsman. Just 10 days away, of course, from River Days and that big parade on that Saturday before Labor Day. Doppler radar quiet. A couple smearing of clouds showing up especially Charleston down the Midland Trail, but no rain. The rains are up into the northeast. We're talking about New York State and New England. We're in a quiet zone as the departing low pressure heads out toward Atlantic Canada. Now there's this sudden stream of moisture, and I'm trying to think now, what would you call that? I say that's the sun belt. So the sun belt conference, I've had to do some research. Check me on this, but it looks like the home of the rains and Cajuns in Lafayette over to the home of the Warhawks in Monroe. Louisiana teams in the Sun Belt over to the home of the South Alabama Jaguars in Ohio and the Troy Trojans in Troy, Alabama and the Georgia State Panthers in Atlanta and the Georgia Southern Eagles down in Statesboro all getting rain. And where are those rains heading? They're heading over toward Myrtle Beach, the home of the Clears of Coastal Carolina. So this is the area where we'll be reporting weather all throughout the football season. And right now, it's northern sections, for example, James Madison, Marshall, and the states that are avoiding the rain in the Sun Belt Conference. So here we are with beautiful sunshine expected tomorrow after the fog burns away. And that fog will be an issue only till about 8 or 8.30 across the area. As we scroll ahead to Thursday, patchy fog to start, then morning sunshine. That'll be in time for the Pullman Square Thursday night concert series. And let's watch the mountains of West Virginia, whether it be Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. For a shower, a thunder shower in the afternoon. But most of the Ohio, Big Sandy, and Canal Valley may wait till next Tuesday before anything in the rain shows up. So the next five days through Monday, expectations are the sun belt getting the rain toward Myrtle Beach. And by the way, there's a minimal chance in the eastern mountains of West Virginia to get some rain, as we just saw in our future cast. But from Charleston, Williamson West, through the Ohio, Big Sandy, and Canal Valleys. It's a dry period because the dry season is starting here at the end of August. So a delightful evening for outdoor plans. Delightful breeze, 80s, falling into the low 60s overnight with patchy dense fog. Your forecast on Wednesday, we're over the hump with hot sunshine and a light breeze. SPF 30, please don't let your guard down, 86 degrees. So upper 80s or 90 downtown, Thursday, Friday, that sets us up for a Friday night football with temperatures 80, even heading into the second half of the game. And the weekend forecast is hot and dry. We call it minute upper 80s in the airport and 90s downtown. The next chance of meaningful rain, guys, could hold off until next Tuesday. Hence the moniker, the dry season starting a little early. Okay, thanks, Tony. And, and uh, we're going to check with the weather again.
with our weather and what's the weather in Portsmouth, Ohio for tomorrow? Tomorrow's forecast for Portsmouth is 84 degrees and mostly sunny. Okay. And that's all we got for you. And we're going to, uh, we're going to take we're going to take to the, We're going to take you to the music, and and we really do love you, and and we're going to take you to the music, and. And we're going to Well it's time for church. Uh we're going to cake in a little bit of church. Good Monday morning, and thank you for joining us again on the Ask Pastor John podcast. Uh, We start this new week with a great Bible question here today from a listener named Bill. It's the kind of question that drops us right into a discussion over how our hearts work. Here's Bill's question. Pastor John, hello. Can you explain to me 1 Peter 2.11 and how these passions of the flesh actually wage war against the soul? Uh, How do these passions threaten the soul? Can you explain how all of this works? Thank you. Let's start by clarifying a few words in this this verse. For example, the word passions. Urge you to abstain from the passions of the flesh. The word is simply desires. They, they can be good desires in some contexts, or they can be bad desires. The word itself doesn't decide whether they're good or bad. What decides that in this verse is the added phrase, of the flesh. Abstain from the desires of the flesh. But even that is not a full explanation of why the desires would be so destructive and make war on the soul. So what does flesh mean? How does the term flesh make its desires bad and dangerous, destructive to the soul? The word flesh can mean simply the human body, as it does, for example, in 1 Peter 4, 1, where it says that Christ suffered in the flesh. There's nothing a 
necessarily be evil, right? Jesus had the desire for There's a part two of your church. He had the desire for water when he was thirsty. He had the desire for rest when he was tired. These desires of the body or the flesh are not evil. But, but the word flesh in the New Testament has other meanings as well. For example, Paul uses it to define the rebellious mind of the fallen human nature in Romans 8, 7, where he says the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. The mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the flesh is seen as that part of human nature, which is without the Holy Spirit, in the sway of sin and cannot submit to God, flesh is man in rebellion, without God, without the Spirit. So what makes the desires of the flesh evil and dangerous is when they cross over from being innocent wishes for food and drink and rest and for any legitimate pleasure, cross over into the service of the rebellious human self. Or another way to say it would be the desires of the flesh become evil when they are disconnected from the will of God and become sovereign or independent with their own will, their own desires that don't have any reference to God's desires or God's will. I will be satisfied and I don't care what God says about the guidance or the limits of my desires. I will have my satisfaction of my desires, my way, my time, my degree without any submission to God's will. That's the desires of the flesh. So when, when the desires of the body, which themselves may be innocent, become sovereign and independent of God, now the soul is enveloped in a sea of desires that are communicating to the soul continually that it should join them in the pursuit, not of God, but of this world as the source of satisfaction. And that is idolatry and that is deadly and destructive. That is war on the soul. Now, you can see this understanding of fallen, sinful human desires a little ways later in First Peter, over in chapter 4, verse 3, where it says this. We are to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, that is the body, no longer for human desires, but for the will of God. Now, desires, therefore, become destructive when they are disconnected from the will of God. They become sovereign, not subject to God, not subject to anybody. They are their own law. They will decide for themselves who their God will be and where their satisfaction will be found, and they do not want God to have anything to do with it, especially as the source of their satisfaction. And this is what Peter is warning against in chapter 2, verse 11. The reason such renegade, untethered, insubordinate, sovereign desires wage war against the soul 
is that the life of the soul is found in being satisfied with God. But when desires are cut loose from God and go after every other kind of idol, the soul is starved of what gives it life, namely dependence on God, satisfaction in God, delight in God, feeding on on God for its life and joy in God. We get an even clearer picture of what this warfare is like when we consider how Peter describes the rescue of the soul from such warfare or destruction. Here's what he says in chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. That's an amazing phrase. Notice that what we need to be set free from is desires that flow from ignorance. That is, ignorance of the superior worth and beauty and greatness of God and all that he is for us in Christ. When we don't know the infinite desirability of God and how he's for us in Christ, our desires will inevitably latch on to lesser things and drag the soul down away from Christ. So the way out of soul-destroying into soul-saving truth is to see Christ and have a true knowledge of him and his beauty and his worth so that the soul embraces him and, and with him a whole new constellation of desires. Well, Peter describes this in chapter 1, verse 7. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is this counter warfare, right? This is the opposite of the destruction of the soul. Finding Jesus infinitely worthy of love, finding Jesus infinitely worthy of of believing, and so you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. This is the salvation, not the destruction of the soul, because faith sees Christ for who he is, loves him, rejoices with inexpressible, glorious joy, and so attaches the soul to its life, the source of all its true and everlasting pleasures. In other words, we're not in the grip of the desires of ignorance anymore. We are in the freedom of the desires rooted in true knowledge of Christ's glory. So our counterattack on the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul, our souls, is to pursue a true knowledge of the infinitely desirable Christ and then to obey this truth by embracing it as our treasure, embracing him as our treasure and rejoicing with inexpressible and glorified joy. That's the battle that we fight. The desires of the flesh draw us away 
from the all-satisfying Christ, but God opens our eyes and draws us to the true glory. And the, the one warfare leads to destruction. The counterattack of truth leads to salvation. The desires of the flesh draw us away from the all-satisfying Christ. Yeah, thank you, Pastor John. And thank you, Bill, for listening and for asking this question. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. You can ask a question of your own, search our growing archive, or subscribe to the podcast, all at desiringgod.org forward slash Ask Pastor John. All right. Well, I hope you have not had your fill of First Peter 2.11 in this episode. I certainly have not myself. Next time, we're going to look at this text and the next verse, First Peter 2, verses 11 and 12, because in those two verses, we will find the answers to the two greatest questions faced by the universe. It's no joke. It's that epic. Pastor John will prove it next time. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. See you then. Okay. That was pretty good. Here's your Christian music.
darkest hour, when I cannot breathe, here is on my chest, the weight of the world on me, everything's crashing down, everything I had known, when I wonder if all alone, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, even when my own eyes could not see, you were there, always there. I will lift my eyes, even in the pain. Above all the lies, I know you can make a way. I've seen giants fall, I've seen mountains move, I've seen waters part because of you. I remember, I remember, you have always been faithful to Stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about your goodness, goodness. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about your goodness, goodness. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about, I can't stop thinking about your goodness, goodness. I remember, I remember, you have always been faithful to me. I remember. Remember, even when 
Give me 
Trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. 
given a lift to buy For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing.
for I spoke the word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so.